morning, church. Great to be together. I'm still, uh, I'm still jamming from that song. Go tell it on. Oh man, that was that was great. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Roanoke Valley Church live stream. We are glad you're here watching with us live on Facebook. And if you happen to catch us a little bit later on Facebook, we're glad that you found us. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. We miss you uh, tremendously. We uh, we went up to Northern Virginia, spent some time with family. Did a couple weddings and uh, came back down for Christmas here. And we hope that uh, you all are well and encouraged. This is the last Sunday in 2020. We will be gathering here next week uh, in 2021. Praise God for all that. 2020 has been interesting, to say the least. It's been a long year, and uh, we'll talk about that here today. We have been going through a, a little mini-series on the wilderness and the exile narratives in God's Word to really help us make sense of what God is teaching us, where God is guiding us, and where he is sending us as a church. You know, this year, you can remember back in January 2020, we had a theme of uh, His Kingdom Come, or 2020 vision to bring His kingdom. And uh, we were on our way first couple months, and then March came along, and uh, everything turned. Everything went from in-person to online and back and forth, and we had some awesome drive-ins and we had some great worship outside, and we had one in-person service back at the YMCA, and then we were back uh, looking at screens again. And uh, God has done uh, tremendous things despite the obvious uh, difficulties and pains and, and uh, challenges that we've all gone through. And many of us have put it in the chat already, but another shout out to the Hoopers this morning for just your vulnerability, your humility, and I believe your sharing spoke to all of our hearts this morning too, that we all... Uh, right along with you, have uh, missed our hugs, have missed fellowship, have uh, been fearful, have been challenged, uh, have, have been scared. Uh, all those things, you know, spoke to my heart. I'm sure all of you uh, can can really connect to that. All of a sudden, I'm I'm looking at the chat here. <laughs> uh, see, Bruce says, uh, "Hold back a little." I, I thought that might be uh, move back a little, so I wasn't sure if I was positioned in the camera. But maybe my dancing, I'll hold back. You don't want to see that anymore. But again, thank you, Hoopers. Uh, we are going to be in, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 this morning in a very familiar text where the Israelites have, uh, have been exiled from Egypt and Pharaoh and Moses is leading them. And uh, they are butting up against the promised land. Uh, Moses has been leading the people courageously. They've been fed by, uh, again, just been taken care of by, by God all throughout the wilderness here. And uh, now there's an opportunity to go scout out the land where they're going. And we know this story in regards to the 12 spies that might be a bit more familiar to us. Uh, but we're going to look at this a little bit, jump around a little bit, starting in verse 1 of, of Numbers 13. And uh, the, the title of my lesson this morning is, uh, is Faith in the Wilderness. And we've talked about hope in the wilderness. We've talked about finding sweetness in the wilderness. Last Sunday, if you joined us, we had uh, Dr. Gabe Santos talk about hope, uh, hope driven in the wilderness, uh, looking at the three magi or, or mag magis, <laughs> three magi, uh, the magi as, as we're familiar pronouncing it. And uh, we, we looked at how hope drives us and Jesus's birth and his, his, uh, his infiltration to our world gives us hope. And despite all of 2020, we do uh, live with that hope in Jesus. So we're going to talk about faith and we're going to look at faith in the wilderness and we're going to look forward into 2021. Again, as I mentioned, this is the last Sunday in 2020. And I thought this narrative, this exile and future wilderness narrative would really be appropriate 
for us. At least it's been something that's been on my heart that I'd love to share with you. And uh, I, I pray it connects with all of you. Uh, looking at this opportunity to uh, be right up against the promised land, to be brought by God where he wants us to go, and then have the opportunity to see things in faith and to recognize what God has brought us from and brought us through and then where we're going. And there's something magical, I'd say, even about the turning of the calendar. Just just one small, very small sheet of paper just flipping it or a new number popping up on your iPhone. There's something there where I believe God allows us to hit the reset button uh, or the renewal button in a lot of ways uh, as we approach a new calendar year. So we are right up against the cusp of a new year and we have an opportunity these next few days, these next four days to, to look and to peer across, to peer across that river, that Jordan River into Canaan and, and scope it out and to really figure out what's out there and uh, to go to God and to understand his guidings and his promptings to really as a fellowship be reminded of his promises, be reminded of what's there and uh, to trust that he's ultimately leading us in, into this great area. I, I'm challenged to believe that uh, 2020 was a year where God is taking us from one place and bringing us to another. It felt like an, uh, an interruption uh, to where we wanted to go. It felt like we already had a plan and uh, now we're here. Uh, this was kind of a, a, a big, big, big bump in the road, a huge detour. But as disciples, and uh, if you're a Christian, you believe in God, uh, ultimately, we know there are no detours in God's plan. It's, it's the plan. And it, it does feel that way. And it's been something we've had to kind of ice skate uh, or tap dance through these last eight months. But we know uh, that we'll, we're going to be able to look at this year in 2020. And we're going to recognize that, that this was no detour. This was God's guiding hand for our world, for our country, for our county, for our cities here in, the, in southwest Virginia, and for each and every one of our hearts. This is the plan. And uh, we would be wise to see that God has been sovereign and in control and guiding us to this very point as we peer across into 2021 to see ultimately where he wants to take us. But we've got these four days to peer in, to take, to take surveillance of the land, to get a taste of what it's going to be, and for all of us to make decisions collectively as a church and individually as disciples as to what we see 2020 want to be. Who is our God? Where is he taking us? And what, what is it that he has in store for us? So let's look at Numbers 13 as, uh, as the Bible tells us in Romans that these stories are here so that you and I can learn. And 1 Corinthians talks about the same thing. These things that are, are in God's word. These stories are in it so we can learn. So let's learn from our brothers and sisters who are peering into the future here in Numbers chapter 13. So if you're not there already, Numbers 13, verse 1, faith in the wilderness. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. I'm not going to read those for time's sake, but 4 through 15, these are the, the 12 leaders uh, note that uh, many of us recognize uh, Caleb and Joshua being two of those leaders. And we'll, they'll get some more press here in a little bit. But skipping down to verse 17, it says, When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on to the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak. 
few or many? What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was a season for the first ripe grapes. Skipping down to verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Chapter 14, down in verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes, and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. We'll stop there. You know, a very familiar text. Good report, bad report. Moses says, okay, one leader from each tribe, let's go scope it out. They end up spending 40 days over there scoping out the land, answering the questions that Moses prompted them to, to consider. And they came back. Ten of them, uh, or actually all 12 of them said, hey, here's here's the grapes. This is good stuff. It's exactly like God said it would. It's a, it's a land of milk and honey. Good, good, good. But all these things, the Nephilim, the Amalekites, these these people occupy these lands. We're grasshoppers. We're small. They're big people. Uh, we can't take it. And 10 of them have a faithless report. And they spread rumors. And they spread this report all over the land to the point where Moses and Caleb and Joshua are tearing their clothes because they're, they're, they're ashamed of ultimately the faithlessness of the Israelites and God's people. You know, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this is the truth is, is that... God, one, is guiding us. That's the first point that we got to remember here is that God is guiding us. As I said before, for us to have faith in the wilderness, we got to know that, that God is guiding us. If we're out here trying to make sense of this for our own, if we're out here wandering, uh, going from one location, even as great of a leader Moses was, if we're leader dependent, meaning we're, we're kind of leaning on, leaning on a man 
or anyone for that matter, to kind of figure out where we're going. And it's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. You know what? We don't really have reason for faith. If it's faith in men, if it's faith in women, if it's faith in country, if it's faith in circumstances, if it's faith in our own understanding, you know what? We, we don't have any reason to be faithful in the wilderness. But we do have God. God is among us. God is leading us. God is guiding us. This is not a surprise to him. 2020 wasn't a blip. It wasn't an aberration. It wasn't a, it wasn't a oops. Oh, that wasn't a plan. It wasn't a consequence of, of, of some, some decisions that were made. God said, this is what's needed. This is what's going to restore. This is what's going to refine. This is what's going to guide. This is what's going to grow. This is what's going to expose. This is what's going to renew, reconcile, encourage. This is not what's what I hoped, meaning pain and suffering and death. God didn't bring those things about, but we know that God works out for the good of all those who love him. That doesn't mean every situation is good. That means God is so powerful that he can take a wretched virus that's killed 300,000 people in America over that in the world and bring it to a point where good can come from it, where rocky soil can produce beautiful grapes, as we see in this text. God's plan is being fulfilled, and we've, we would do, do good to remember, in order to have faith in the wilderness, to look at 2021 and say, you know what? We're on our way. We can have a faithful view. First, it starts with knowing who's leading and who's guiding. So God is guiding us. That's something we need to be often reminded of. So be reminded of that. I haven't always remembered that. I haven't always thought that. I haven't always seen that. I've seen the distractions. I've seen the difficulties. I've felt the pain of being separated. I've felt the, the isolation of being in this office staring at a staring at a camera more than looking at, at, at my brothers and sisters. I felt the challenges of, of, of kind of feeling numb to all the stuff that's going on, deciding I don't want to feel any more of the challenges that are happening, feeling very inadequate to, to lead uh, in this time period, to kind of relearn uh, what it means to be a disciple in a pandemic, uh, to wrestle to deeper levels with my anxiety and my, my fears. Of, of sickness and uh, mental health and all those kind of things. It's all, it's all been very, very much in my focus rather than God's leadership and God guiding us. I, I've been kind of held captive by political elections and what's going to happen here and uh, what are the constituents saying and what is this and what is that and what's going to happen there and is this, is, is this uh, pandemic uh, uh, financial support going to come in or not and what are we going to do there and how are we going to uphold the budget and all that kind of stuff? It's been very easy to see distractions and forget that God is guiding us. But he is. He's guiding us. He's listening to us. He's refining our faith. He's exposing our idols. And 2020 has been a fertile ground for faith. It has been fertile ground for conviction. It's been fertile ground for repentance. It's been fertile ground for relationships. It's been fertile ground for God's guidance to be seen clearer than ever before. God is guiding us. That's what we must remember. Secondly, for, for faith in the wilderness, you know what? We've got to be able to see God's promises. God's guiding us. And we've got to see, secondly, God's promises. 
You know, God speaks through Moses here in verse 7, saying, go up into the hill country. Go check it out. Go see what it's like. And they come back speaking in verse 27. We went into the land which you told us to go. We went, and it is, it does flow with milk and honey. These, these are Moses' words, but these are God's promises. That, that the, the land of Canaan, the promised land where, where God wants to dwell with them, where they can build tabernacle, where they can actually have, have the temple and worship God and walk with God in His presence, much like a new Eden. Those promises are true. That is there. It can happen. God's promises haven't faded in 2020. Our faith may have faded. Our convictions may have faded. Our, our quest for, for Christ's likeness may have faded. But God's promises have never faded. You know, this challenges me because God doesn't change. But we do. You know, there's 12 men. And there's two faithful reports and two bad reports. You know, Joshua and Caleb don't, don't not say that there's challenges. They don't not say that there's people there that are bigger than them. They didn't disagree with any of that. They just hung on and clung to God's promises. That it's an exceedingly good place. It's exactly what God said. Yes, there's challenges, but God is guiding us. So you see how these things build on one another. There's challenges. But God is guiding us. It's good. It's good. It's good. Everything is good. Scouting out the land. You know, God's promises tell us that good is there. That God is guiding us to a great place. That God is taking the RVC. He's taking you to a place where your faith is refined. Where you reflect Christ more. Where you become more and more like His Son. Where the, the evidences of the fruit of the Spirit are more apparent where you become more unified with your family and with your brothers and sisters. That all of this, all of this is exceedingly good. It's where God is guiding us. Those are His promises. His promises have not faded. Although we must ask ourselves, where, am I, where have I faded in my faith? Where have I bought in to a bad report? You know, they scouted out the land, and as I said, they shared they shared all the crazy things are out there. You know, we've scouted out the land of what it's going to look like in, in a pandemic for the last eight months. And all in all honesty, this isn't going away. This isn't going away anytime soon. I pray, I pray, I pray. These vaccines, two of them have been approved. I know we're all following that closely. And many, many of our health, health workers, some of us here in the fellowship have already received that vaccine. But there's no telling as to when we'll all be back together. You know, I, I'm prepared for at least the next few months that we're going to be doing this. I hope not. But we've scoped out the land. You know, what have we found in, in the COVID land? What have we found? We found isolation there. We found uncertainty there. We found barriers and boundaries for connection there. We found temptation to be religious there. To just pop on the computer and not have our hearts engaged. We found Zoom fatigue there, where if I have to do another Zoom call, oh, where some of us have decided, forget Zoom. I'm not coming on. I'm not going to midweek anymore. I, I can't handle it. I'm not coming on. Some of us haven't been to midweek online in months. That's there. 
That decision is there. You know, what's there in addition? There's what's there in that land, this land that we're wandering through? A loss of vision. What are we doing? What does a disciple do? You know, are we meant to, to love one another and, and multiply disciples? It's easy to lose our vision. It's easy to trade in self-denial for self-preservation. They said that the land swallows people up. Oh my goodness. This COVID era, this, this, this pandemic and focusing on that, we've scouted it. It can swallow us up with worry. It can swallow us up with anxiety. We can be consumed with the worries of the world. Financial stimulus, job loss, furloughed. Our brothers and sisters right here in Roanoke, you all have endured. You have persevered. Some of you have been furloughed. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you don't, do not have enough money. Some of you have, have, have dealt with death, have dealt with difficulty, have mental illnesses cropping up because of this land that we're scouting currently. There's a spiritual war that awaits us in this land. Souls that need saving are out there. Disciples right here in our fellowship, we've scouted out. Disciples in our fellowship need to repent and be revived. There are areas in my life where you scout the land of my heart and I need repentance and revival. There's faith that needs filling in this land. There's conviction that needs congealing in this land. There's decisions that need deciding in this land. There's relationships that need to be rebuilt in this land. And there's love that needs to be lavished in this land. God's promises are there. This is an exceedingly good place. Where God is guiding us is exceedingly good. Let it not be said that what we've seen in 2020 blinds us from the goodness that 2021 can bring. This isn't ignoring the reality. This isn't saying that some of the things that we've seen in 2020 won't be in 2021. That's They will be there. But do we know that God is guiding us? And do we know that God said that good is there. Good awaits us. What will we decide to focus on? What will we decide to believe? That's what we see here in this text. You know, we need brothers and sisters like Caleb and Joshua, and there's plenty of those in the RVC, plenty of those who can grab us by the lapels or grab us by your cheap Coles vest and say, you know what? It's exceedingly good. It's exceedingly good out there. Yes, we saw that. Yes, we saw this in 2020. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there are boundaries. Yes, there's Zoom fatigue. Yes, there's weakening of convictions. But where God is guiding us and where we're going, God is with us. So therefore, we do not need to be afraid of any of this. God will give us the victory. Let's not rebel away from God's promises like our brothers and sisters did. Let's face the facts and find faith in the wilderness. Third and lastly, we're talking about God guiding us to have faith in the wilderness. We're talking about God's promises help us find faith in the wilderness. 
And then what they what we do know is that they do rebel. And they now have to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. And this whole generation of faithless men and women have to die before they can go into the promised land. That's the sobering reality, is that God will move on with those who are faithful. And those who are faithless will be left behind. But the truth is, is that we have this story for us to see that God is with us. And he has taken us into a land that is exceedingly good. That we have, as disciples, crossed over into the promised land. We have a Messiah that's been born to us in Jesus. Not a Caleb and a Joshua who are like Jesus-like figures. But a Jesus who is faithful, even though we are faithless. That if we went back thousands and thousands of years and found ourselves at the brink of Canaan, who's to say that you and I wouldn't have been like the ten? You and I more than likely would have been. And if I'm being honest with my own heart, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would have been like Caleb and Joshua. But praise God, we don't have to be like Caleb and Joshua. We have Jesus. We have Jesus who is faithful, even though we are faithless. We have Jesus who is faithful, even though we, we've cowered, even though we've lost vision, even though there's, there, there's needs and sin that, sin that needs to come out and repentance that needs to be had. We have Jesus. But we are living in the promised land right now. God has tabernacled with us. He has sent his son to walk among us. We have entered into what God wants us to have. Eden, a restoration of Eden right here, right now. And that as disciples is our hope. That's what we learned about last Sunday. But it's important for us, like we're doing now, to take a look back. You know, 2020 is about to be hindsight. We don't look back to go back like the, like the Israelites wanted to do. Let's pick a leader and go back to Egypt. That's in this story. We skipped over it. But we look back at what happened in 2020, not to go back, but to bolster our faith, to find faith in the wilderness. Can I encourage you, RBC? You know, I don't know how you see 2020. I don't know what your synopsis will be. I'm not sure what you will share with your descendants, descendants about 2020. But can I give you some material about how good God is, despite, honestly, maybe the worst year of our lives? You know, the incredible thing is that in 2020, we've seen nine baptisms happen. We've seen a restoration in Chris Medley with three more people studying the Bible to be restored to our fellowship. You know, we gave in the midst of of economic crisis, we gave over $25,000 to special contribution. We gave $3,000 in addition to India. We gave $3,000 to help Lynchburg. Our contribution this year has steadily increased despite the pandemic, despite people losing their jobs. We have been operating at 109% of our budget. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, come on. Faith in the wilderness, the RBC, you guys making me cry over here. You know, we launched a new region in the New River Valley in the midst of a pandemic with college students who are going to college in a pandemic for the first time in our world's history. We launched a region. We planted a church 
We sent two disciples from the RBC to help support the Lynchburg Church. And they're thriving in Lynchburg in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, we've seen two RBC uh, disciple alum, meaning they're no longer here, actually start leading churches this year. Zach Anton and his wife, Rebecca, are leading the church in Cardiff, the United Kingdom, over in Wales. Zach, little Zach, not so little, in, in, in Radford, now leading a church in the United Kingdom. You know, Lauren Hinkle, who is a Roanoker, she's actually here in town this week. She and her husband, Brian, my former roommate at Old Dominion, are now leading the church in Dayton, Ohio. These are RBC folks. You know, 2020 is crazy. But we've seen seven weddings happen in 2020, all with RBC disciples. Dan and Tabby got married. These are campus students that this church shepherded and loved and supported, now married and young professionals. We've seen Jason Tucker and Becca. Jason and Becca were at Radford. Jason became a disciple here at Radford and now married Becca. Radford students now Young Marrieds in the Northern Virginia Church. Stephen Dixon married Bing Gonzalez. Stephen Dixon converted at Virginia Tech. Married Bing and now faithful young professionals in the Northern Virginia Church. You know, Logan Kreider here at Virginia Tech married Ashley. And now they're this pillars in the Potomac Valley Church. Ross, Ross Washington, disciple down at Radford, married Married Gabby in Richmond, and now they're young professionals in the Richmond Church. Sarah, Sarah Hutchins, married Will Hutchins, and now they're thriving in the New River Valley as young professionals. And then just on Monday, Mark and Shelby got married. Mark and Shelby down there in the NRV, Mark was the first brother to stay back after graduation, faithfully held a job as a computer scientist, Married Shelby, and now these couples, Dan and Tabby, Mark and Shelby, Will and Sarah, these are, uh, Josh and Allie, these are pillar couples in the NRB, even though they're like 24 years old. And as we launched this region, God sent us, God sent us Mark and Shirley Jackson from Las Vegas to be a shepherding couple. Been married, uh, disciples for over 30 years. Now they're shepherding that region down there, all during a pandemic. Are you with me on all of this? This is us looking back, not going back, but looking back so that we can bolster our faith all in the midst of a pandemic. And if you thought that was it, we had three babies this year in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> we had uh, Laura Lynn uh, born down in the NRV with Kat, her little girl, beautiful. The Hirschmans had baby Henry. After years of struggling with infertility, praying and fasting for a baby, we see beautiful Henry at our drive-ins, on our Zoom calls, in our leaders' meetings. Baby Henry. And if this year, we couldn't get any more crazy, <laughs> Jacqueline Renee Bamber was born on Christmas Day. Kevin and Christina are celebrating the birth of their new baby girl, beautiful baby Jack, born on Christmas Day. This is what God is doing. Why? 
you know, there are so many other good things going on. The young professionals are hanging together. They're fighting for unity. They've got visitors coming out, Bible studies going on. It's, it's crazy, but there's so many good things that have happened in 2020. Is it what we planned? No. Was it a detour? No. God is guiding us. God's promises still ring true. And by golly, God is still good. And God is doing incredible things. Let's not end the year with faithlessness. Let's not end the year looking back and saying, oh, man, or even looking forward like, oh, man. But learn from our brothers and sisters. Learn from Numbers 13 and 14. And learn that God has always been listening. God has always been refining our faith. God is always exposing our idols. God is always building us on fertile ground for conviction. So what promises must you cling to? What part of your faith needs filling? Talk about it. What convictions need to be congealed? What convictions have you seen get soft or fade? Talk about it. What decisions need to be decided? Some of you guys need to decide to study the Bible and become disciples. We love having you on online fellowship, but reach out. We'll reach out to you. Let's study the Bible. Let's go on Zoom, Facebook, FaceTime. People want to study the Bible. What decisions need to be decided by you, by me? What relationships need rebuilding? Some of us, I'm chief among us. Some of us have, have isolated. Some of us have, have kind of just bought into the, the individualism that this pandemic has brought for fear or safety reasons, you name it. But let's make the extra effort. Let's make the extra effort to build relationships. Call, text, FaceTime, Zoom, you name it. Let's, let's think about what relationships need rebuilding. And then love that lavishes. How can we love one another? I've been so encouraged by the gifts that people are dropping off, the phone calls that are going on, the 12 days of Christmas that people are participating in. I've eaten more cookies from our fellowship than, than I, could, I should eat in all of 2021. There's so much going on. So much that God is doing. But we must remember, you know, this land of 2021 is a land of milk and honey because God is guiding us there and his promises have never faded and they're always true and they remain true. But let's think about what God wants to do in 2021. A faithful report because he is guiding us. And I'll end with Joshua and Caleb's words. Verse 9. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. Do not be afraid of 2021 because we will devour it. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of 2021. God is guiding us. He has us right where he wants us. Let's, let's bring it all to bear. Let's wrap up 2020 with faith and look to 2021 with faithfulness because God is guiding us. His promises are still good in the land where he has taken us. This promised land we are in is exceedingly good. And he has shown us in the midst of one of the worst years that we can all remember, there's been so much good. 2020, 2021 awaits us. Let's think about decisions. Let's think about the love. Let's think about the conviction and the faith and the relationships. Let's talk about where we are let's talk about where God is taking us. I love you. I'm so happy to be in the RVC with all of you. You have inspired me. You have held fast. 
you have persevered, you have loved deeply, but there's greater, greater levels we can go because God is guiding, God is promising, and God is good. We love you. Pray all this encourages you as it has me. Let's have some great fellowship here with some announcements that you'll see my face. <laughs>